And welcome to Reima Huvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marital Family Therapy. I'm so happy you're joining me on jrootradio.com. For those of you who are new listeners, here is what we do. We try to learn and develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection that you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. Thank you so much for listening. You know, today's a live show. Fe- uh, say February. February's gone. We are in March. March 2nd, 2017. You might be hearing this Monday night. But in any case, uh, today's show is an important show. You know, I just I, I always give that same intro, and it's interesting because what I say is what? We try to learn to develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection you have with your spouse. Today's show, we are going to be focusing believe it or not, on parenting. And you're going to ask me, whoa, whoa, one second, Shalom Bias, right? Shalom Bias, well, oh boy, can I tell you how much Shalom Bias is involved when it comes to parenting. I, I'm seeing it now, like, you know, they say like crazy. I'm seeing where couples are not seeing eye to eye when it comes to parenting. Couples are not unified. There's arguing going on in, literally in front of the kids. Can you, can you imagine? Have you seen this? Hopefully this is not hope, happening in your house where parents are arguing in front of the children how to discipline the kids. Do you hear me? Parents are arguing, not privately, in front of their children on how they should discipline them or what the kids should do, what the kids shouldn't do. And, and then there are other kids getting involved and, and, and there are triangles and, and un- unhealthy alliances, toxic enmeshment. There's so much stuff going on. I'm getting a lot of feedback, also email, about um, situations of enmeshment. And that what that is basically is when, unfortunately, the shalom bias is not so good. Okay, chas shalom. And what happens is one of the spouses, usually the woman, creates a unhealthy bond with one of the children. And that could be very dangerous. It's dangerous, first of all, because because even though this child is being used as a triangle to sort of <laughs> to sort of relax what's going on between the parents, but the one who's getting the rough end of the stick, I know it, it doesn't seem like it, it. Now, you could be thinking right now, well, what do you mean? It's a good thing. The mother is getting very close with the child. So shouldn't the mother get close with the child? It's a very good thing. No, it's not a good thing because there are, there's supposed to be boundaries. It can, you can't just become overly attached to a child. That hinders the child's development. You know, in the world of relationships, by the way, if I've never said this before, I'm saying this right now, and I hope you're listening. Thank you so much, by the way, for listening today. In the world of relationships, you always have to maintain a healthy balance between dependency and independency. I'm not just talking about, you know, husband and wife. This is very, very true for parent and child as well, okay? So it's not like, it's not like okay, the husband and the wife, they're getting along, everything is wonderful, but then you have an enmeshed situation. Sometimes, mind you, it happens because of favoritism. Yeah, favoritism. When I say favoritism, I mean where, you know, a parent has a favorite child. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, by the way. But these unhealthy attachments, and of course, attachment is part and parcel of human development. You need that. We all need that. We all need to feel close. We need to feel close to our parents. Ultimately, we need to feel close to, you know, we want to feel close to our peers. We want to feel close to our babe, and most of all, most importantly, feeling close to our spouse. But there, you have to maintain a healthy balance. 
you can't be overly close in in a you know in a marital situation. That's called a fused relationship. That's what they mean when they say fused relationship. Fused relationship means it's, it's too close. It's too close. There is such a thing as too close. It's funny because most of what I talk about here is the disconnect and reconnecting. But there are many situations. I've actually had a show or two on this. There are many situations where couples are overly close, and then the dependency is way, way, way too high. And ultimately, what happens is the sensitivity dial gets heightened. So that's that's not good. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is getting back to what I'm saying now. In many situations, and and I'm telling you, this has occurred in your house. I'm not saying I'm not saying this is happening every day. This is about. But I'm sure, I'm sure there are issues. There are, I'll tell you why, by the way, there are issues. And I'll tell you why. And let's just make this very clear. Because there isn't a couple in the world who sees eye to eye when it comes to parenting. Not a couple in the world. Now you're going to tell me, no, I know a lot of couples. They Maybe most of their parenting, you know, their, pa- their, their parenting methodology and ashkafa and call what you want, most of it is together, but there's always something. There's always something you're not going to agree on. And if you don't think this is true, guess what? We see this in the Torah, okay? We see this in the Torah. Take a look. Start with Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu, right? Avram Avinu wanted to keep Yishmael in his house. And sorry, Yishmael felt that, that, that Yishmael has to leave. Right, right there. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to interfere. Yitzchak and Rivka. Think, just for a second, think. What happened to Yitzchak and Rivka? What happened to Yitzchak and Rivka? Rivka knew exactly what Esav was all about, right? And, and Yitzchak didn't know. He didn't know. And, and, and there was, right? And then the, the, the Pasuk says, that Yitzchak uh, what does he mean? He was screaming. He was screaming because he realized it was his wife was right all along. He he didn't. It's not you know. It's not unhealthy to have different understanding when it comes to parenting. It's normal. So I don't want you to think, you know, listening to me right now and saying, oh yeah, this happens. With my husband. And it's like you know, we don't see eye to eye when it comes to parenting. We have this real big issue. Because at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, it's very normal. Don't get upset about it. And don't like think to yourself, oh, it's such a horrible life I have. My husband doesn't agree with me. We'll talk today about how to communicate and how to unify. Because it's definitely not just important. It's pivotal. It's pivotal to unify with your husband when it comes to parenting. Pivotal. Because if you're not unified, you're sending all sorts of different messages. The children, first of all, they're not they're, they're going to be pulled from one end to the other end, number one. And number two, they're going to know and they're going to feel that their parents are not connected when it comes when it comes to them. What could be worse? To know that your father and mother are just not connected when it comes to you because they disagree about different things. You know, so it's, it's, it's a very uncomfortable feeling. I know my father will let me, my mother wouldn't let me, and then they're arguing about it in front of me. In front of me, they're arguing about it. Can you imagine? Okay, so in any case, so number one, no couple ever sees eye to eye when it comes to parenting. Uh, we, we know that. We know that. However, you have to, we definitely have to unify. It's important. Even though we don't see eye to eye, we have to be mavata, we have to be flexible, and we must, must show a unified front when it comes to the children. You want to know why, by the way? Just in case you, you, you're not sure, let me just tell you why. The reason why is because you and your husband have different childhood, personality. You know, if you grew up in a home where certain things were not said, it's unacceptable, that's it. You know, if I would talk like that when I was a kid, I'd get a smack in my face. Do you ever hear that? Do you ever hear that from your husband or from your wife? 
where the, the parent will say, if I were to talk like that in my house, oh boy, no, they, it was completely unacceptable. I'd be smacked up for that. <sighs> okay, okay, well, things are different now. But you know what? We'll talk about that later. The point right now is, is that we grew up in different homes. We have different understandings, okay? Number two, personality. Your husband, your wife might have a very tough personality. You might have an easygoing personality. They have more of a flexible personality. It's just a matter of a personality. And number three is culture. If you've grown up in a home where the culture in that country where they come from, where you grew up, let's say a lot of, I know I have a lot of, you know, I have a lot of uh, listeners who didn't grow up in America. It's a lot of listeners who maybe they grew up in Syria. Maybe they grew up in other, in other countries. Maybe their parents grew up in other countries. So their parenting style was different. It's normal not to see eye to eye. That's, that's, that's number one. That's number one. So now, what I want to say is like this. And that is, number one, it's normal. But more than that, it's actually a good thing. Are you listening to me? It's a good thing. I know it sounds weird, but it's it's not like, okay, we don't see eye to eye. Sometimes it's a good thing because you can complement each other's parenting styles. If you have a unified front and you there's a certain understanding, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, I'm talking about with little children right now. With little children, that mommy says to you have to go to sleep at a certain time, right? And the child is just spinning webs around mommy. And mommy's trying this, that, the other thing. And, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, mommy will say to, 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 to Yankee, Yankee, you know, Tati's coming home in 15 minutes. He's not going to be happy with you. Oh, boy, Yankee's going to go to sleep. Now, by the way, I'm not talking about where Tati comes home and smacks up Yankee. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about where he has a certain, more, a certain assertive approach. And it's a whole, you know, a certain charismatic assertive approach where the child just doesn't want, to, doesn't want Tati to be upset. And you know what? Sometimes that works well. Sometimes that's okay. That's fine. But you want to know why it's fine? And I just want to make this clear. Because the couple is unified. Because both agree that the child has to go to sleep at a certain time. And the mother did try to discipline the child as much as she could. But you know what? She needed her husband to come. And her husband said, okay, that's okay. That's fine. But they were unified. They weren't arguing in front of the kid as far as what time they have to go to sleep. Now, I'm not saying that mommy shouldn't practice, you know, um, create boundaries and, and, and practice discipline skills, etc., etc. Maybe she needs more work when it comes to discipline. I'm not saying that. But it's okay. You see how there's different, different parenting styles, but they're working together. And, and there are many things that Tati can do that mommy can't do, right? Or, or mommy's not really into. Tati likes to give the children uh, shoulder rides, while mommy's not into that. She doesn't give the kids shoulder rides, but okay, whatever. She's not into that, but the kids enjoy that. You know, and sometimes mommy has to say to Tati, hey, okay, you're getting a little too wild now. Okay, that's all right, but you're working together. That's okay. And, and, and sometimes mommy will say, you know what, to the children, I'm going to reward you by coming to the kitchen. Let's bake cookies together. Well, it's not, it's not, Tati's not going to do that. It's okay to be different. And I don't want you, this is number one, very important, and that is don't feel bad if your husband, I, I, I'm, 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 as if I'm talking only to the women. I'm talking to the men too, but this, we use this, this, this structure. Ladies, Thursday, generally more women who listen to the show, Mondays, men, but it doesn't make a difference. I know both listen both days, but the point is like this, that if you are living with a spouse that just doesn't see eye to eye with you when it comes to parenting and you're just like disagreeing about a lot of things, whether it's raising younger children, whether it's raising older children, older children gets very complex. Oh boy, gets very, a lot of decisions to be made. And 
you're not seeing eye to eye, you can get frustrated for two reasons. Either you're going to get frustrated because you can't communicate with your husband about this. He's just not listening to you. Okay, uh, okay. I understand you're frustrated about that. Or, or you're going to feel frustrated because you're just like frustrated. Why don't we see eye to eye? How come everything I say he, he doesn't agree with? Like he doesn't, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. That's okay. That's okay. We can have different personalities, different understanding, different hashkafas uh, when it comes to parenting. That's okay. The point is we need to communicate. We got a plan. We need to be flexible. We need to compromise. And then we have to unify. That's most important. Most important is to unify. And the other thing I want to tell you, uh, you know, I don't know how you're going to take this, but I'm going to say this because I feel it's MS, and that is if you're not seeing eye to eye when it comes to parenting with your husbands, you should know as hard as it is, if you do communicate and you are mavater and you c compromise and unify, it's a tremendous thing you're doing, not just for your children. Again, you're plugging into HaKadosh Baruch mitos, of being mavater, of letting things go, of you know, just 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 working on our on our midos, becoming better people, becoming vatranim, rachmanim, like a kadosh baruch Okay, now the thing is like this. Now, okay, the problem is when parents are not unified. Okay, and children learn to manipulate or chas v'shalom sometimes pin one parent against the other in order to get their way. Children are very very bright in certain ways. They're very astute. They, they know how to push buttons. They know, you know, what they, they know how to get you upset, and they also know how to get their way. If they want to get a certain way, and they know that mommy's not going to let, they're not even going to bother mommy. They're going to go to daddy, or tati, or abba, right? And it, and vice versa, and vice versa. The children know. Children know, and the children also know that sometimes, sometimes if you know. If they will create havoc at the end of the day, they're also going to get their way. So we have to be we have to be very very careful with what with doing things with our children, telling things to our children, instructing, disciplining our children without knowing that our spouse is backing us up. It's pivotal. It's important. It is even, I would say, critical to know that whatever you, whichever way you're disciplining is, at the end of the day, your wife or your husband it will ultimately back you up. And that's very, very, very important. Like I told you, because it also, you know, it, it does, not just for the process, well, I'm sorry, not just for the content, not just for the actual, okay, fine, he's going to go to sleep later, or he's going to have dessert earlier, or he's going to whatever, but also for the process, meaning the emotional the emotional peace for the child to feel that mommy and daddy are unified. That's very, very pivotal for every child. Okay, so now like this. Now like this. All right. How do we go about doing this? Or Greenfield, I agree with you 100%. I know what you're talking about. This happens in my house a lot. So what do we do? So what you do is as follows. Number one, you're going to need to see Hatishmaya. Number one, you're going to need Tziyad Shmaya. I'm not going to fool you into thinking that you're going to follow my steps and everything will be 100% perfect. Because no matter what you do, you need Hashem on your side. So number one, daven. If you haven't been davening, start doing it now. Nothing as powerful as davening, talking to Hashem. You don't have to you can pick up a Tehillim or you can just talk to Hashem. Talk to Hashem. Hashem will help you. I'm telling you. I, you know... It, 
Baruch Hashem, I'm, I'm zocher to work with a lot of people, and I cannot tell you the power of tefillah is so, so, so powerful. So powerful. So tefillah, number one. Okay. Number two, we have to create a certain narrative. We have to understand certain very, very, very important things. Let's start with the following. A child is a child. Do you hear me? <laughs> it sounds pretty simple, like very basic. What do, you, what do you mean by this? What are you saying? I'll tell you what I'm saying. I'm saying your child is not an adult. If your child does something, don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. Don't get angry at him or her. Don't don't get don't get all upset. If you're if you're you know, your five year old takes the marker and marks up the whole wall, and you're like, oh boy, what am I going to do right now? Don't don't. This is a five year old. This is a this is a six year old. Like hello, it's a child. It's a child, and we have to understand they're not fully developed. The same way like he's like small, right? He's smaller than you, right? So his, his brain is not fully developed. You have to understand children are children. And you know what? Honestly, it's a nisayon from Hashem. That's what it is. you give me nisayon. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem, for the nisayon. So now my whole wall is marked up. I, I, I even like touch the Mishlach Monos. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I have so much to do. And now my whole, it's like, I have people coming for the Perm Suda. And this was a permanent marker. It's all over the wall. What do I do? And you know who left the mar permanent marker out on the, on the table? My husband. And I specifically told him to put it in the drawer. And he didn't put it in the drawer. So now you're not only upset at, at your child, you're also upset at your husband. Okay, wonderful. So where are we going to go with this now? Where are we going to go with this? I'm telling you, the last thing your husband wants to do is to fight with you. I'm telling you, if he would have known that he would have done this, he would have never done this. And I'm telling you, your child is a child. So let it go and know it's a child. I'm not only talking to the ladies. This is very important for the men. Very important. Men, a lot of men have anger management issues. Yes, they do. I'm sorry. A lot of men. Not you who, who's listening to me right now, okay? But other men have anger management issues. And it's like they get so upset at their kid. For what? For what? Why are you upset? Why are you upset? Because you're trying, you're speaking on the phone to an important thing and the children are making crazy or on Shabbos afternoon you want to sleep and the kids are making noise. It's like, okay, it's all right. They're children. Don't get so upset. Now, you know, I don't usually say this. Don't get, don't get so upset. But in this case, you know, I know you're going to get upset anyway, so you know I'll say it. But you don't get upset anyways. But understand. Understand it's a child. So again, I'm not, going to tr I'm try not trying to control your emotions. All I'm saying to you is that understand it's a child. If you understand it's a child, then you're going to see it's easier. Number one. Number two, very, very important. We're going to talk about it soon. And that is give yourself time. Don't ever, ever be impulsive with your children. It's very dangerous. I could almost guarantee you, and I want to say guarantee, but I don't know why I'm not, but I could almost guarantee you that what? You're going to make the wrong decision. If you're impulsive, you're going to make the wrong decision. And even if you make the right decision by punishing the kid, whatever it is, the message you're giving them, the underlying message, they see the cast in your face, I'm telling you, is toxic for them. They don't feel like they made a mistake. They feel horrible about themselves. So very, very important. Gentlemen, especially also ladies, don't, don't, don't just let loose on your kids. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's not good for the development. It's not fair for them. I understand you're upset. 
Give yourself time. And I understand many times you're displacing your anger because you're really not upset at the kids. You're upset at the... That's a very dangerous thing. Well, you're really not upset at the children, really. You're upset at your husband. <laughs> and you're laying it out on your kids. Or men who are upset at their wives, letting it out on the kids. And then the poor kids. The poor kids. This ever happened in your house? Don't answer this question. Right? The what? We see this all the time. The what? Where there's, there's a machlokas chas v'shalom in the house between a husband and wife, Right? And then all of a sudden, the father is being so strict with the kids. Whoa! They're, they're getting the brunt of it. It happens a lot with men, but it can happen with women too. They're getting the brunt of it. And you have to be very, very careful with that. Very, very, very careful with that. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, number two. There are different stages of a child's development which will bring different challenges. You have to know, you have to understand a very important concept. And that is children develop. They're not adults. You know, in, in the, historically, people used to think, Baruch Hashem, not. With a Yiddish guy, we always knew that child is a child because the reason we knew that is because there, there's bar mitzvah, there's bas mitzvah. And even then, there's, 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 there's no punishment to like 2020, 2021. And don't fool yourself to think that your bar mitzvah boy is an adult. Uh uh. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Or your bas mitzvah girl is an adult. She is not. She definitely has certain chayyuvim. I'm not saying not. I'm not saying it's certain chayyuvim. But you should know good and well that certain punishments are not given to these people until a certain age. They're still children. They're still children. Okay? And, and, and the point of the matter here that I'm saying to you is that children develop. Children develop. We see by, uh, right, the story with Hannah and Shmuel, Right? It, 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 it's like if you go through the whole story there, it's just like a, like a one very big message there, right? She gave the child to Eliyahu Cohen, but the realization that a child develops. Children develop over the years, and the, their development brings about certain challenges. So your five-year-old, you right, or whatever it is, you're going to be challenged with your younger child with issues such as toilet training, with issues such as the fact that they want to, sleep in your bed with issues such as, you know, mar you know uh, marking the wall up, with issues of them fighting with their pairs, very common, different issues, right? But your teenager is not going to knock on your door in the middle of the night wanting to sleep in your bed, right? It's a different challenge. Like, oh, so I have no challenges with him. No, of course you have challenges with him. He's coming home and he wants a cell phone. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Maybe your five-year-old today, younger kids want cell phones. I don't know, five-year-olds want cell phones. But five-year-old might want to play cell phone, but your older kid, he wants a cell phone or he wants a smartphone. Oh, different challenge. So now what's going to happen? Let's just understand this. What's going to happen? He comes over to Tati and Tati says, you're not getting no cell phone. No, you're not getting a cell phone. And he comes to Mommy. Mommy says, oh, we'll talk about it. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. What just happened over there? What just happened over there? So what should have happened was Tati would have said, I hear what you want. I'm going to discuss it with Mommy and we'll figure it out. That's it. I, Tati knows for, for a fact that he's, there's no way he's giving his kid a cell phone. Definitely not at the age of 14. He knows he's not giving him a cell phone, let alone a smartphone. He knows it's not happening. So why should he even go to mommy? And he could say, it's Mili Deshmaya, the Gemara says, Mili Deshmaya, we go according to the father. But listen to me. Listen to me. What's most important is that you're unified. You want to hash it out with your wife? No problem. Hash it out with your wife but don't do it in front of the children. Don't tell your child that you're going to do something, uh, that he cannot have something or he could have something without consulting your wife. And ladies, I'm talking to you too, I'm sorry. Without consulting your husband. Even if you're so sure, 
You have to consult. You must consult and not in front of the children. I'm sorry to be so tough with you today, but I see, I see the ramifications of this. I see the ramifications of this. Okay. So now, another very important piece of narrative here is as follow. And that is, please, please let go of certain absolutes that you have in your head. Certain expectations, absolutes, certain firm, you know, firm expectations, absolutes, understandings that you have that it has to be a certain way. Has to be a certain way. Nothing has to be a certain way with the exception of halacha. You hear me? Nothing has to be a certain way. So, with certain children in certain situations, things that you would never imagine you will allow your child to do, you're going to have to allow your child to do. I know you don't want to hear this. You want to shut me down now? Feel free. But I'm telling you right now, in certain cases, with certain children, and believe you me, you can speak to your Rav, your Gadol, your Chacham, they will all tell you the same thing. If it's not something that's against halacha, like clearly, like clearly, like 100% against halacha, certain things you're going to have to let go. And I'll tell you why, by the way. This is especially true by teenagers. I'll tell you why. You want to hear why? Let me tell you why. And I hope you're listening to this because this is very, very important what I'm about to say now. Let me tell you why. Because they are with other children who are already doing it. Whatever it is that they want, whether it's the book that they're reading, whether it's a, it, it's a cell phone. I, I'm, not, you know, I'm not saying Dafka cell phone, Dafka this. Whatever it is that they, that they want, a certain thing that they want to wear. Again, I'm not talking about things that are, that are Asr. Let me make that clear. I'm not talking about things that are Asr. But I'm I'm, and I'm not, when I say Asr, I'm not talking about your husband's idea of Asr, your wife's idea of Asr, what they think Asr means. I, I don't mean that. I mean Asr, Mamish, where you go to a Rav, and he says, your Rav, he says Asr. I would say Shulchan Aruch. But, you know, if you read the Shulchan Aruch, many times you can see two days. So you have to have a Rebbe. You have to have, even if you don't have a Rebbe, by the way, uh, let our ladies get upset and their husbands don't have a Rebbe. Even if they don't have a Rebbe, you have to have a Rav, right? It's Asr or it's not Asr. But other than that, let me tell you something. This is very important. If all your child's friends are doing it and they're going to the houses, whatever it is, and they're doing it, whatever, let's say they're reading a certain book for argument's sake, whatever it is, nah, I'm just giving you an example. Okay, I'm giving you an example. You know, hopefully... You don't have different challenges. Everybody reads a certain book, which is not a Yiddish book. Let's say it's not a Yiddish book. And all the friends are reading this book. And there's really nothing wrong with the book. It's 100% purer than that. You don't want your child reading it, okay? But everybody else in the class is reading it. And whatever. You ha I'm not telling you now what to do with your children. What I am telling you is to keep this in mind. And that is many times, if you say no, they're going to do it anyways. Are you hearing me? They're going to do it anyways. And you know what the difference is? It's going to be behind your back. And you're going to find out later. And then you're going to get all upset. And then there's going to be more and more of a distance between you and your child. And that shoots the child's self-esteem, his self-worth, her value about herself. And then that creates all this distance. And never all the problems can happen. I'm not blaming parents, but I'm telling you, parents play a tremendous, tremendous role in not just the physical development, but the spiritual Mental, of course, but the spiritual development of their children. So if you have it, there's no way I'm 
ever going to let my child do this, that, the other thing, or whatever it is. You have to think twice. You have to think twice. You have to speak to your wife. Sometimes you have to speak to a gadol. You have to discuss it. And you have to try to be flexible. You have to be flexible. Obviously, if it's halacha, mamr, something which is completely awesome, and atayra, derabanan, whatever it is, you can speak to Rav. But then you have to be flexible. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's talk about a very important thing that I'm seeing. And I'm hearing a lot of complaints from spouses about where they feel that there's no boundaries in the house. Sometimes you hear there's too many boundaries. But what I'm hearing now, and again, is that there's no boundaries. No boundaries mean children are going to sleep whenever they want. Dinner time is not dinner time. Wake-up time is not wake-up time. Um, homework is done. It's not done. Studying for tests is done. It's not done. Whatever. It's a hefkervelt. Our house is one big hefkervelt. Well, let me tell you something about hefkervelt. This is very important. You know what's worse than a Hefkervelt? I'm going to tell you what's worse than a Hefkervelt. What's worse than a, than a Hefkervelt is when, is when mommy allows it to be a Hefkervelt, but Tati doesn't want it to be a Hefkervelt, and he's fighting with mommy about it all the time in front of the children. That's what's worse. You know, there are plenty of children who grow up in a Hefkervelt, but the fact that they got enough love as children, they felt connected to their parents, and everything was good, they'll develop as good kids. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you they're not going to have challenges in their lives because they're not going to know what to do with deadlines. They're not going to know what to do with rules. They're, they're not going to have any structure in their own houses. They're going to have issues. But you know what? Emotionally, they'll be fine. So I'm not saying boundaries are not important. Boundaries are very, very important. And they should exist in your house. And you should work on this together with your spouse. So for those of you who are not keeping boundaries in your houses, I'm telling you, it is pivotal to have boundaries in your house. Not because you'll feel better. <laughs> you could say it because it's true. You will feel better. You will feel better. You'll feel more structured. You'll feel like there's there's certain routine that are established. But what's more important is when your children are going to grow up. These children that you have, okay, right now, who you, who gave you these neshamas to watch over, and they're in your house right now, and they're, you know, they're going to sleep late, or they're crying, or they're fighting, or they're this, or that. They're going to grow up. They're going to leave your house one day. You get this? They're going to leave your house. And you're gonna, all you're going to be left with is just you and your husband. It's just going to be you and your husband. And all the kids are going to be gone, right? Because they're going to have their own houses. But now, do, do they know what boundaries mean? <laughs> do they know that, you know, do they understand that when a bill comes in the mail and it says that there's a disconnect notice, it really will be disconnected? Well, guess what? Guess what? The point of the matter is that if they grew up with boundaries and structure and rules, it's important. On the other hand, it cannot be too strict. If you're going to have your house too strict, if it's going to be too strict, then they're going to lose out emotionally. I would say, and I have to be careful saying this, because I know that you know a lot of you leech on to like one part of my sentence. But So listen to me all the way now. Please, I'm sorry, but you have to listen to everything I'm saying from the beginning to the end. But I would venture to say that if you have a choice between having a house that's very, 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 very strict and everything is like really, really strict versus a house that's completely Hefkervelt, I would say go with the Hefkervelt. And let me finish. Let me finish. Let me tell you why. Because if it's the Hefkervelt and they're, and they're receiving love from the parents and the parents are unified and they're spending time with the kids and the children are just happy, they're emotionally happy, 
ultimately, they'll be happier people when they grow up. Now, both of those, I told you to please wait till I finish, okay? Both of those things are really no good. Hefkerveld is no good, and crazy strict is no good. Because either extremities, what happens is, it, in, in the too strict, you're, you know, they're going to be tarnished emotionally. In the too Hefkerveld, they're going to grow up. There's not going to be any structure in their houses. They're not going to understand what it means to be on time to work. They're not going to understand what it means to be on time to Seder. They're not going to get it because there never was never structure in the house. So what I'm saying is I still feel that the emotional piece is, is, is always more pivotal than anything. The, the emotional piece, the love you give to your children, the fact that, that Tati and Mommy are unified, that this time you're spending with your children, the validating, you're validating the kids, when you validate them, when you compliment them, that's, that's I would say, that's the, 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 the most important. But boundaries are important in your house. Same way adults, you know, adults need boundaries. If, what would happen if there are no streetlights? I'm asking you. I know it makes us crazy sometimes, right? But if there are no streetlights, there would be crazy accidents. What happens if there's one streetlight that breaks? You know how many accidents there are? I've, I've seen the other day there was like a one corner. And you see accidents happen there because like the streetlight breaks. We need boundaries. We need the red light. As much as we don't want it, we need the red light, right? Let's talk about these boundaries. Let's talk about all of this because some of this is very important, and that is like this. You're, let's start with younger children for a second. Those of you who are listening to me who have younger children, you have to create those boundaries almost immediately. I'm not telling you immediately because immediately you have, when you have a, a newborn, there are no boundaries there. You have to give that newborn love. That's what you need to do. You have to give that newborn love. The most important thing for that child is to feel the love and the connection and the touch from the mother, the father, that's most important. To feed the child, that's very, very, very important. That's for the newborn. As the child gets older, now, right, the newborn's in your room, okay, there's going to be a point. I'm not telling you what that point is. I will tell you it's not five years old. <laughs> there is a point, or four years old for that matter, there is a point where that child is going to have to be in their own room in the crib. Hopefully he has a, his own room or her own room, in the crib. And I'll tell you why the child needs it, because the child needs to understand that what, that, honestly, I, I have to be honest with you. You know, if you're talking about a, a, a six-month-old, a seven-month-old, it's not even the child has to be understand. It's you're not going to be able to be a good parent if your child's going to be in your room. You're not going to be able to have a normal marriage if your child, your seven, eight-month-old, is in your room. It, it, it shouldn't happen. It, you need it for yourself to be a better mother. You need it for yourself to be a better wife. You need it for yourself to be a better husband and a better father. There is going to be a certain point where the child has to sleep in the crib. And you and your husband together have to make up that as long as the child is safe, well-fed, dry, there's going to be a certain amount of time that the child is going to cry. And this is such a hard thing. And you know what it is? A lot of parents skip this stage. And then these kids, they just come to their room. It's like knock, knock. Something they don't even knock, knock. They just come into the room and slip into one of the parents' beds. It is really, really not healthy for the child. And more important, not healthy for the parent because the parent can't sleep. It's a lack of privacy. There's many issues. So there has to be a point. I'm not telling you what it is. You want to speak to, to, to a Rebbe, your friend? Speak to your friends. I'm not talking about the friends who have, who have wild homes. Speak to your friends who have structure. Or, and ultimately, you know, there are times, there are times. Now, of course, you have to set yourself a certain time. The child can't just cry in the crib forever. There is a time. I don't know. It's 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I'm not even telling you times. That's, you know, that's debatable. But you work 
on that with your husband. And make up. You know what? After 15 minutes of crying, we're going to go get him. That's what we make up. Or not necessarily go get him. We're going to go. We're going to stay with him, hold his hand until he falls asleep in his own crib. That has to happen. You hear me? That has to happen. Because otherwise you have children who stay in parents' rooms till who knows when. And that's not good for the child. And worse, not good for the parents. And the, and the parents end up suffering and not being able to give the children what they need. The love, the emotional support. Because you know what happens? You listen to my shows, you have your hats on then. You haven't slept. I have couples this all the time. You can see that like the mother or the father didn't sleep. It's like, why aren't you sleeping? Because I uh, can't sleep. The baby's in the room. Well, how old is the baby? The baby's what? Two and a half, three years old? Like, what? What's going on over here? So, again, I'm not telling principles that I'm afraid you're going to leech and you say, oh, Rabbi Greenfield said six months, or Rabbi Greenfield said eight months. But there has to be a time. You Speak to your friends. Work it out with your husbands. There has to be a time. Now the child goes to the crib. Child cries. We go check up on him every once in a while to make sure he's okay. And that's it. And you know what? Sometimes you have these situations. Nebuch, the children, they come to the parents' room. And, you know, and, and they, they walk, they climb out of their cribs, they go to the parents' room, and they knock on the door, and the parents are not letting them in. And they learn, and they learn. And sometimes the kids are they, um, falling asleep in front of their parents' bedroom, like on the floor, on the cupboard, to keep the kids sleeping. Oh, such mean parents. You know something? Such mean parents? Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily such mean parents, because sometimes the kids have to learn. Mean parents, well, it would be meaner if they would take them into the room and let them pass the boundaries. And so, you know what? You can manipulate me. All you need to do is knock hard enough on my door, and I'm going to let you in. And just, you know, and I'm setting, I'm setting the tone here for manipulation for the rest of your life. Okay, I know I'm being a little bit over the top here, but yeah, I'm serious. This is, it's important. Okay, so what else are we saying here? What else are we saying here? What we're saying over here is that is that you have to be unified when it comes to your child in the room, staying in the room. There's got to be a certain time the child's no more in the room. It, it, uh, toilet training. <laughs> when do we toilet train? It's hard. It's hard. Get upset. Oh, look, you know, child is made on the floor, whatever it is. Well, we're toilet training him. Well, how come you never told me? A lot of men get upset. How come you never told me we're toilet training? Why don't we work on this together? Well, I'm the mother. I'm the mother. And this is my, it's my child, and I decided that we're toilet training him. You know what? You are the mother. And if you say that you should child, it's time for toilet training, you're, prob you're probably right. But speak to your husband about it. Tell your husband, by the way, is it okay? Now, don't even like tell him. I really feel it's toilet training. Is it okay if we start toilet training? So he might say, not this week, please. Okay, fine. So when do you want to do it? You want to start in two weeks? No problem. Work together with your husband. Work together with your husband. Otherwise, you're going you're to try to toilet train your child and you're going to get your husband all upset. It's not good. We don't want to do that. Next, we'll talk about bedrooms. You want to argue with me about this? I don't care. Argue with me about this. Gesund to hate. But I'm telling you, based on my experience working for many people and just seeing, seeing you know, case after case, this is an important issue. A bedroom, parent's bedroom is the parent's bedroom. Did you hear me? It's not the child's bedroom. It's not a playroom. It's not a hangout room. A, child, a parent's bedroom is a parent's bedroom. And that's where the parents are supposed to be, not the children. Not Are there exceptions? I'm sure there are emergency exceptions. The child's sick. This, that, whatever. Pa if you have a bathroom, parents' bathroom. Parents' bathroom is a parents' bathroom. Children should not be there. You have to create these boundaries. But work together with your husband. Work together with your wife. You have to be unified on that front. Chutzpah. You know something? It's unacceptable. I'm sorry to say it's unacceptable. But that doesn't mean unacceptable you said that I'm going to smack you. 
not necessarily in your face, whatever. So I'm very, very against hitting kids. And I'm like, okay, I know some of you, whatever. I'm not going to go there. But I, I'm telling you right now, work it out with your wife before. No, our child is getting older now. I'm sensing some chutzpah. Don't be upset at the kid because he's being chutzpah. He's testing you. That's part of their development. An adolescent is being chutzpah to you. Like, surprise, surprise. Wow, I can't believe it. You're being so chutzpah I would have never talked to my father like that. Well, if you would have talked to your father, he would have smacked you in your face. But you know what? You can't smack your child in the face. Because if you're going to smack your child in the face in today's day age, I'm telling you, you are not going to get good results. So, so, so the bottom line over here is work it out. When our child is being chutzpah we're going to say to him, that's unacceptable behavior. And, well, mommy, daddy's upset at me because I said something. Well, what did you say? That's what you said? That's unacceptable. We don't talk to you that way. We don't talk to a mommy that way. That's unacceptable. And I want to tell you, this is true for all the children also. Even though I know, I don't have time now, talk about teenagers maybe a little later, but older children, certain talk is unacceptable. You don't tell your teenager, that's disgusting, how can you talk like that to me? I know you don't mean it, but that's unacceptable. Please do not talk to your father like that. Please do not talk to your mother like that. Well, I'm not. Please, it's unacceptable. Boundaries. There are boundaries. Okay, now. So all these things have to be worked out together, husband, wife. You have to know this is coming. Adolescence, you have chutzpah issues. Teenage, you're going to have rebellion rebellion issues. You're going to have them pushing buttons. There's going to be different pieces of the development provide themselves it's really challenge parents with different challenges and you have to be ready for this and you have to tell your husband okay i see the child's being chutzpah right now i see that 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 yankee is, is hanging out with friends that are really not a, i don't think they're good for him what are we going to do about that let's figure it out together let's figure it out together like don't don't hang out with them why why are you coming in to how how who, where do you get that how are you dress like that work it out with your husband be a if you two are unified Fortified, I'm telling you, nothing is going to stop you. And most important of all is your child is going to feel that mommy and tati are unified. And that's most important. Let's move on. And that is, gentlemen, men, I want to tell you something very important to men who are listening to me. Please know that your, your wife, when it comes to the children, she has a chush that you don't have. Don't get upset at me with this. We see this in the Torah, okay, with Ramavina. We see this with Rivka and Sarah. We, we see this throughout. A woman has a certain sixth sense. Yeah, the Gemara says merely the Shmaya should go to the father, merely the Basis should go to the mother. But I'm telling you, most important, when your wife says something, and I'm not trying to, you know, we're not trying to, to play favorites here, but all I'm telling you now is when your wife says something about the child, take it seriously. Take it seriously. She does have a, a Bina Yaseira that you don't have. It's it just, I'm telling you from experience, and I see this over and over again. And, 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 and then the men get upset, like, how come you didn't tell me? I told you, then you got upset at me. So, you know what? Your wife has a Bina Yaseira. Take her seriously. That's all I'm saying. And then work it out together. Now, as far as disciplining is concerned, it, it, there's, one, there's one thing that we know, the most important, and that is the best way to teach your child anything is through role modeling. That is the best. If you are going to say one thing and do a different thing, how many parents, how many parents, right, they're going to tell their child, you know, they're going to say to their child, you're going to have, you know, I would never, ever let you have this phone or whatever. I mean, mommy, Tati, you have this phone also. Okay. Okay, so, well, I would never, whatever. You know, you're telling your child to be on time when you're not on time yourself. It's like, 
It's a shtickle stira, I'm sorry to say. If your child sees it, you're never on time. Go to sleep and he says, you never go to sleep on time yourself. It's a shtickle stira. I'm not saying, obviously, you're an adult. I get that. I get that. But there has to be role modeling. It's a great story. I just don't have time for it right now. But, but you have to role model. If the child sees that the father is learning Torah, the child will learn Torah. <laughs> if the fa- child sees that the father has a chavus, learn a chavus. If the chi- father wa- has interest in learning with his child, not just say you have to learn, but he spends time learning with his child, then he's gonna, the child's going to be more motivated to learn. It's, I see it's important for Tati because he's learning with me. You see? I, I, I see that, you know... I, I see that it's important for mommy because she's spending time with me. So the most important and most effective way of chinuch is role modeling. There's nothing more powerful than that. Okay. Talk about a couple of more things here. We're running late, and that's why I, I have some cute stories I want to tell you also, but we're just running late. Okay, like this. All right. Um, a couple of rules, a couple of very important rules. Before, before we, we, we wrap this up. Number one, number one. When something happens and your child annoys you, okay, whatever it is, whatever it is, they, they marked all over the, the, the wall or, or they just, they climbed on the table and now everything's on the floor. I'm talking about little children now. They're fighting, crazy fighting, sibling fighting one with the other. Or you're, you know, you, you see a report card. You can't believe that your son got such a report card when you begged him to study. Or you find out different things about your teenager. Whatever it is, whatever it is, rule number one, give yourself time before you react. There used to be a rub. He used to have a special hat and a special coat that he used to wear before he used to ch- discipline his child. Uh, literally, give himself time. Then he used to wear a certain disciplined hat and a disciplined coat. And why did he wear this? Just to know that he, the message he's giving his child is not that I hate you or not that you're bad, but you made a mistake and there are consequences. And that's a very big piece over here. It's not punishing. I'm not punishing you. There are consequences for your actions. And we have certain rules, certain regulations, and this is what happens. So if you don't listen to mommy, a little child, there's going to be some time out and you're going to have to sit by the steps. Oh, yeah. you're going to sit by the steps. But it's not working on Big Greenfield. The smack works much better. Yeah, it works much better, but I'm telling you, it, it works better but there are ramifications later on. I would say you're putting them by the steps. It's not working. Have them sit there a little bit longer. But agree with your husband before. Agree with your wife before. Make up. Then it's time, three minutes of, 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 of uh, step time is not working. Let's do five minutes, ten minutes. You don't want too much. You don't want to torture the kid. But you know what? You have to be unified and number two, don't be angry. Don't be angry. Don't be angry at the kid. What did the kid do? He marked up the wall. What did the teenager do? Oh, wow. You, you were listening to his iPod, and you looked at the iPod, and then you saw that, and there's no internet connection. You may turn out to get internet connection. And then you hear that he's listening to certain music, which is mamish not appropriate. Chas v'shalom, whatever. But even if it is chas v'shalom, whatever music it is. Even if it is, yeah. Even if it is chas v'shalom music. And he comes home, and you like, go to him. You say to him, what's this? I can't believe this. I gave you an iPod. I trust him. This is what you do? You know what the child's going to feel? I'll tell you what the child's going to feel. That you hate him and he's horrible and he's going to fight with you. Oh, he's going to fight with you. Oh, boy, he's going to fight with you. It's a very complex situation. But I'll tell you a couple of tricks. It's not a, t- a class on teen. But th- a couple of Number one, give yourself time because whatever you're going to say has to come from a loving place. You hear me? I hope you hear me. Because whatever you're going to say to your teenager is going to have to come from a loving place. He's going to have to feel that you love him. That's what he's going to have to feel. You could be disappointed. 
And if he's close to you, it's going to sh- give him a very big lesson. You know, younger children, younger children, you know, there are different ways to, 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 you can, with a younger child, with a younger child, what you could do in a certain sense is you, you can say to the child, you know, mommy's not going to be happy if you touch that. Mommy's going to be very upset. You could do that with your younger child. You can't do that with your teenager. You know, I'm going to be very upset if you do this. I'm going to be very upset, whatever. Because this child's a teenager. Right now, he's developing a certain form of independence. He wants to, as much as he loves you, he needs to split. He needs to split. He's becoming an adult. He can't be dependent on you anymore. So his brain right now is telling, is, is clashing. On one, hand, on, one, on one hand, he loves you. He doesn't want to disappoint you. On the other hand, he has to feel independent. But if you're going to tell him, I'm not going to be happy with you, that creates a certain, you know, like, and you want me to be happy with you. Like, you know, I have, I have to be happy with you because I don't care if I'm happy. I don't care if you're happy with me or not. Of course he cares. Of course the teenager cares. But he's struggling. He's struggling himself with this right now. This is a struggle for the teenager, the struggle between dependency and independency. This is transitioning time. Don't, don't pivot it. Don't pit him in a situation and say, I'm not going to be happy with you if you don't do it. Say to him, you know, I, I really think this is, this is not good. He'll hop already. He'll hop that you're not going to be happy. Hilchap. And you know when Hilchap especially? Hilchap especially if you spend time with them. And that's like this, ladies and gentlemen. Spend time with those children, especially your teenagers. I know we have big families. Baruch Hashem, it's a bracha for those of us who have children. Some people don't have children. They will have children. I'm not, I don't, I don't. But what I will say now is spend quality time. Not, you know, I say spend quality time with your wife and your husband. I say that all the time. But spend quality time with your children. It starts with your wife, yeah, 100%. But spend quality time with your children. And then, if your child veers off and you find on the iPod that inappropriate music, then you can look at the child, not when you're angry, you give yourself time, you calm yourself down, you know, whatever it is, and you want to speak to the child about it. So then you figure out a situation where you're listening to music together, and then you go through this and you're like, uh, sort of like give him like a look, like sort of give him a look like, I don't know if this is really appropriate. But because you spent time with him yesterday, because you, I don't know, played basketball with him or took him out for coffee or did something with him or learned with him, if, that, if he likes that, you spend time, now you've invested. So now when you give him that look, it's not, he hates me, you know, Tati loves me. Yeah, I don't want to disappoint him. Okay, yeah, okay, fine time. Now, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But if you start fighting with him, this is the music you listen to? This is the music you listen to? Ah, chutzpah. Can't believe you listen to this music. No, don't do that. Don't do that. It has to come from a loving place. So, number one, give yourself time. Number two, whichever way you spin the conversation, make sure that it's not in his face. It's coming like in a backdoor type of approach where you show your disappointment and say to him, you know, best maybe it's best not to do this. And number three, you've already invested time in the child yesterday or the day before, or the week before even. Private time with the child, so now you have a connection with the kid. You have a connection with your teenager. Ah, oh, so now what Tati says is important for me also. I feel connected. I know he loves me anyways. I know he cares about me. So I don't feel like he hates me, so I'm not going to rebel. It's very hard for these teenagers. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We ran out of time. This has been Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Questions, comments, feedback, text only, please, 917-397-2841, 917-397-2841. Thank you for listening, and have an amazing, amazing week.